Hello world, welcome to Centered Subject, your existential hour that is split between time zones. Currently, it is split between uh, the Grecian time zone of Athens, where I, Elena, am present, and also my beloved host, co-host, my host. <laughs> Have you possessed I me? Will. <laughs> I plan to. My my co-host, host Jenny, yeah. um, is in New York. That's right. Hello. Yeah, possession is okay. Possession's I okay. I can I can probably do that for you at some point. I think it might be Maybe. appropriate given our um, topic today. Uh, we'll yeah. be centering today upon a variety of disturbing messages uh, we've both been receiving um, <laughs> concerning ease of living. And yes. um, but but sort of doing kind of the opposite, and in, in fact, um, they contribute to a kind of confusion that we already have about what living and being in existence mean. Basically, we're going to be covering some unhelpful suggestions from the internet. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to cover. They have a lot to offer. A lot us. to offer, and a lot mm-hmm. for us to decline politely, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> or accept, depending on the situation. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that that will be coming up, and, um, and so we'll just quickly check in with each other, I suppose, about how we are. How are you, Jenny? I'm okay. I'm doing well. Any relevant relevant news to report? Uh, I'm excited about Halloween in New York. Oh, do you have a costume? I do. Um, well, now, well, I guess this will come out. No, this is going to come out on Halloween, actually. Um, everyone should steal my costume. Uh, everyone in this town is kind of proprietary. Fuck. Pri- pr- what is this word? Proprietary, motherfucker. That's what it is. How appropriate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Appropriately proprietary. Yeah. So in honor of uh, some of our conversations, I think I'm going to be the uh, Area 51 conspiracy or or the uh, big controversy that happened and so i want to embody the place itself so i don't know i'm gonna like dress like a desert and uh, be a scientist or something i don't know it's cool i like the idea of trying to be a place yeah i like it yeah geographical jenny geography yeah jenny geos yeah so it's like the rocks are going to be part of it um i have a funny shirt that is just like a desert and I tried to wear it <laughs> professionally to my therapeutic work and my clients were just kind of weirded out by it so I think it's better as a costume than as actual clothes so yeah <laughs> yeah I feel sad to be so far away because I want to review, um, review yeah. the, the wardrobe and comment yes make yes. my own judgment yeah so, what's going on over there? Well, um, I guess I have a few interesting things that happened. I got an, a reading of my stars this week. Mm. So that was a first. And apparently being in Los Angeles or in Athens means that... Basically, I'm, I'm thinking of living part of the time in Athens, but apparently it will keep me vague. So um, that's to be decided whether I should continue being vague or if I should become more specific. Mm. So the audience feel, should feel free to you know, weigh in on the issue. Mm. Wait, so your astrologer told you that being in Athens will make you vague? Keep me vague because I'm vague already. Oh. So in Los Angeles, when I'm in L.A., that sort of keeps me in kind of a vague place. And if I want to get more specific and like more productive yeah. and more organized, I should live. Actually, I have some suggestions. So um, <laughs> Madrid, Melbourne, Cuba, 
Ah, yeah, Cuba. don't know if I'll move to any of those. Um, also, another update, I went to the beach of Sunio yesterday, which is um, this great place outside of Athens. And so, uh, there's a hill with the Temple of Poseidon, which mm. Byron also visited in 19th century. And he inscribed his name into the column. Cool. So I was very eager to see that scraffiti. I don't know, scraffiti kind of. So, scratchiti. Scratchiti. And mm-hmm. um, I, I stared at it long and hard at all the columns, but I couldn't distinct, distinguish mm. because now you can't get to the actual columns. And there's a mean man that walks around and keeps yelling at you, like, get off the marble. You can't sit on ruins. You can't stand on ruins. I'm so, okay with that. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, there's, you know, and there's, of course, like a flurry of tourists. Um, in my case, it was like a bunch of, it was like a school bus full of Italian school children. Mm. They were having a riotous good time, you know, taking selfies. <laughs> Um, yeah, ragazzi, ragazzi, ragazzi. Yeah, fuck them. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, children. Hopefully, they'll never listen, and you know they'll never. Yeah, know. I worked in Italy for a little tiny bit, and um, you've had enough. Yeah, Italian teenagers are not my favorite teenagers. Sorry, guys. Very, very filled with life. Yes, indeed. Um, and then went for a swim, which was very blissful, and um, I had um, some octopus. Which oh no! I am sorry to say, a smart creature, uh, a smart creature, and emotional, an emotional creature. I know, I know. Oh, was it? T- you like octopus? I love. I've been eating it. a lot of octopus and vinegar. It's a thing oh, here. I'm very depressed about that. I'm sorry, especially. Yeah. Are you especially depressed because of the um, news number one in our yes. agenda today? Yeah. What a predatory animal you are! Jeez. I know. I think much, much less nice than octopus. So this this bit of news caught our eye recently, and perhaps you've heard. But um, so octopi, the Southern California variety, has, I think, a mind comparable to human. Which I think I'm mm-hmm. exp- probably I'm explaining it wrong, but hopefully you get the idea. So and the mind apparently had a similar serotonin response to human mind when it comes Uh to stimulation. And of course, the ultimate stimulator of serotonin is ecstasy, uh, releases bliss. So um, they gave a little bit of ecstasy in the name of science to the octopus. And normally octopi are known as very shy creatures. And shy creatures that become fascinated with small toys, like in the article, it was like the Star Wars figurine, you know, things of that nature. But once it was given ecstasy, it showed no interest in those things and just wanted to hug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cuddle. Cuddle creature no longer toys, but, but one another, like octopuses hugging each other i need to see that yeah. as soon as possible and the, just the last the last sentence in the nature so i read this nature magazine and the last sentence was really nice the findings suggest that serotonin played an important part in social behavior huh. in the common ancestor of octopuses and vertebrates whose branches on the family tree separated more than 500 million years ago wow are we vertebrates i think so yeah we're definitely not invertebrates. I would like to be an invertebrate sometimes. <laughs> I think sometimes I am. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. But um, in a, in a real nice like octopus kind of way, you 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 can move really well and, and quickly. Uh, that's so interesting. I mean, I think it kind of speaks a little bit to the decentering of human species that we were have kind of 
talked about before, if they can have the same types of emotional relationships and those are kind of defined by serotonin, then their existential place must be pretty similar to our own, you know? If it is just as simple as brain chemistry and how brain chemistry changes and changes our experience of ourselves and, you know, others, other animals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, that brings up the question of, you know, does having an emotion or a thought, you know, is that the defining reason Mm -hmm. why we should feel connection to connection to other mm -hmm. things or species species yeah yeah well right it certainly helps i would say to me i do feel a bit awful now that i've read that article good and that i ate some octopus (laughs) but will i eat it again in the future yes maybe (laughs) (laughs) i've known you to eat like tongues of Cow tongue, cow. Did you eat a cow tongue? No, you like the brains. You would eat a brain. I have had a cow brain <clears throat> a few times. Yes, you would eat a a, a frog leg. I've had a I frog have. leg. <laughs> it's true. I like to try foods. Yeah, with great intensity, you you ate a frog leg. So that is that helpful or unhelpful? That piece of information. I'm not sure. Maybe helpful. I think it's really helpful. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, does it make you want to do MDMA? Uh, Yes, and then hug people. Yes, but you know what? I'm not sure if I need to because I want to hug people all the time anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> so right. So I don't know. Maybe that would be excessive. Um, yeah. But what if you took some MDMA and then you came across the unhelpful object number one? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. What is it? The object? The, ob- the object. <laughs> The unhelpful news number one is the octopus. The, the unhelpful object is um, artificial skin funkies. Oh God! A horrific invention that was announced in Popular Mechanics magazine <laughs> and is illustrated by a terrifying GIF. If you can imagine, imagine a hand holding something that looks like it, it's you know it's fleshy, like like a cellulite square. Um, oh. It's like a skin with a little bit of. It's it's a rectangle and it has a bumpy texture that like you know the the back of a cellulite leg leg with cellulite mm-hmm. would have. I, mm-hmm. I speak from experience because I have a bit of cellulite. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this this fleshy thing is in one hand and then another hand comes into frame and pets it repeatedly. <laughs> Forever, because it's a gift, forever. and so it's a loop. And forever, they remain in this horrible <laughs> embrace slash petting cycle. It's quite <laughs> horrific. And yeah, yeah and, the question and it's, it's iconically why? the shape of a phone. Also, yeah, it's, like it's, it's the shape, basically the rectangle. Yeah, it's basically a phone that looks like it has cellulite and it's like fleshy, <laughs> pink skin, and it, and it like calls the hand to it over uh. and over. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what it means. I, it, like, it's just awful. I have to scroll past it. It's very terrible. What? So wait, we have to figure, we have to investigate this. Um, why? It's an accessory that you can tickle and it releases a laughing emoji afterwards. Oh, God. Really? <sighs> yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's going to take a moment for me to deal with. Yeah. Um, is it like because we as humans want to touch skin and so they're doing that for us because we want to like 
touch our phones. We're missing human touch. Yeah. I think oh, it's because man. we're maybe too, you know, too mediated and we have, it's too clean. You know, there's no smell. There's yeah. no like, texture. It's, I mean, when you think about it, a lot of objects we interface with are quite smooth, you know, mm-hmm. smooth and glassy or plastic, you know, there's really no, maybe we're yeah. forgetting. And, and as we kind of get deeper and deeper into like the algorithmic reality of, you know, just looking at things that Instagram yeah. suggests to us or right. you know, just texting people instead of like hugging them. Um, yeah, they're trying true. to be helpful by creating, you know, a small huggable object. That could... right, the infinite hug of that touch. Yeah, the phone, the phone skin touch. They're just trying um, to replace again. The, just yeah, it's very unhelpful because it doesn't really help. You know, it's not just because like I can tickle a, a partial artificial <laughs> body doesn't mean it's not the yeah. same. It's not quite going to do it. It's going to come close, but like not close enough and make it even harder maybe. But you know what? I have never touched the fleshy square. So I'm not so sure if that's what it does or not. But yeah, my sense is that that's not going to work. I think it's scary in a way because it brings it closer maybe to pet. Because a phone controls, my phone definitely controls my existence. But Mm -hmm. at least I don't think of it as a pet. I think of it as like a, you know, pernicious rectangle, (laughs) you know, that like... (laughs) calls me and yes tries to you know take over my brain but if it also like has this sort of tactile warmth and you know reacts to my touch like it's just frightening how much more yeah you know like what's next you're gonna masturbate with your phone and probably some people do but i mean that's on the way of that for sure dildo yeah indeed it is uncanny i mean that's exactly what it is it's the uncanny touch yeah. Yeah. I want it to be a strange, like electronic other that just hangs out and glows and is like, you know, like we said, like talismanic and strange. I don't, I don't mind that, but like trying to bring it into the human realm. It's very like Cronenberg. Have you watched any Cronenberg movies? He loves this. Like Videodrome does this and Existence. That's like a big thing. He oh, always tries to put yeah. flesh on technology. Yeah. I suggest to like go I have farther. I've watched, this. you know, we need to actually. I feel slight cinematic shame. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's gross. Like he goes into this exact uncanny vibe in a, in a kind of funny way. Like existence, he'll like the character, the the like strange um, detective guy will put his hand in a VCR or into a television and then pull out a, a videotape, like a VHS tape, and then it forms into like a weird skin thing and then and then um yeah he like loses the disconnect between his body and the technology okay so it's like there's these funny but he like it's like a metaphor but he turns it into skin and then in they probably watched it i imagine whoever came up with this brilliant idea yeah i mean a lot of a lot of innovation i think is rooted in kind of sci-fi and fiction so interesting yeah well yeah unhelpful not gonna <laughs> unhelpful. work not please please don't <laughs> please no um, moving on moving on what else you got number two number two okay in my notes i also mentioned trash strike okay so the, the unhelpful number one should go to the trash but mm. um i just experienced um a strike of i guess are they the trash pickers no that doesn't sound right whoever picks up the trash usually Mm -hmm. 
went on strike in Athens in the Attica municipality. So there were this massive, magnificent heaps of trash that were piling up for like a week. Wow. And they were epic. They were mm. just so epic. It was incredible to see the sheer mass of human garbage <laughs> that was just like, that is available. I mean, it was mm. so scary, both in ecological terms. I mean, both sort of in a sanitary way, you know, you know, just, I was really expecting bubonic plague to happen. But yeah. also, it's, it was really crazy to see how much stuff there is right. that gets discarded every day. And also, but also I felt quite proud of people for taking the stand and right. not picking up the trash. We talked about striking being effective, I think, a few episodes ago. Yeah. And so it was quite nice. Um, I think in the States, I never experienced that, you know, people right. going, and I mentioned it as well. But so just to see that in action in such a visible, visible way, you know, of people refusing right. to do their work. And this is, this is a dirty work, you know, and a work that people don't really want to think about. So I guess just like also the importance of labor and how there, it was mm -hmm. a kind of a multi-layered experience that was actually helpful. <laughs> yeah. In some way. Did it, how did it end up? Well, and just outside of my house, I woke up in the middle of the night yesterday because um, they came to pick it up. <laughs> it took a while. It was quite loud. But, and so I thought it ended, but there's still some heaps around. It's possible that they just couldn't pick things up right away, you know, because there's a lot mm -hmm. accumulated. So did they get their... Did they get a deal? I'm ashamed to say that because I was running around all day, I did not read the news today, so I cannot report. Um, yeah. But I imagine that, you know, some concessions were made. Otherwise, I don't think they would have stopped. I'm hoping. Yeah. I mean, when we were talking about striking a couple episodes ago, I think, yeah, one of the most interesting things is that oftentimes in America, things had to be very extreme before there was a real strike that had political effect. Mm -hmm. And that was, we were talking about that happening during the depression and, um, you know, a lot of worker strikes happening when there were no jobs and when people were very desperate and extreme, that's when they would strike the most and the most effectively. Yeah. But, um, there's also a history, uh, in Europe of, you know, the good social wel welfare programs that exist. You can go back and you can see that there's this comfort with striking and comfort with direct political action by, you know, the masses to get things done. And there's this long history of it. And then you can see social welfare programs that come directly out of striking. Um, I was shocked to see that as just like so part of what yeah. it means to be a citizen for people in Europe or did previously. I'm not sure what the status is now. I mean, it's still to some extent part of what it's like in France because of, mm. you know, the recent big strikes that were happening. But, um, but yeah, that's just like not part of American identity. So for me, I'm a little bit of a catastrophic change interested kind of person. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, well, um, I think that that is what's going to cause change to happen and that those kinds of extreme things are the only thing that are going to make a difference. I think we're looking forward at a time where that's going to happen more and more and more, I hope. And Yeah, but I think that there's this connection that needs to be made between like what happened with the garbage strike and action that like you have to make things smelly and obvious and uncomfortable for the citizens and also like yeah. the powers that be before anything ever happens. Yeah. Yeah, but we're so comfortable, yeah, that we're not 
We don't even know. We're not even aware that things have to get uncomfortable for a while. But I'm also ashamed of the fact that, well, it maybe comes from the fact that I don't, you know, live here yeah. properly. So why didn't I look up? I mean, I looked it up a little bit. I went out with a journalist last week, and so he was working for a newspaper, and then I looked up the newspaper, and they actually have an English version. And so I found sort of a local source, you know, that kind of reports daily on the, on the events. I don't know why I didn't look up and learned what exactly was the issue. Something about private companies and kind of like the public services and private services kind of being in conflict. Mm. I'm not sure. Anyway, well, I suppose moving on. Yeah, I, for some reason in the last week or so, have been really involved in just thinking about things that are really trippy. Um, different trippy stuff has come to my view, but different ones that are helpful and not so helpful. I'm not sure how helpful some of the things I've been thinking about are, but um, there's this article um, also in Popular Mechanics. I guess it's just coming coming <laughs> into my stuff. I love that we're reading something different other than Guardian. For I know. Well, We've moved on to Nature and Popular Mechanics. Yeah, we're, we're feeling scientific today. Um, so I found this article that I'm still... If anybody else read it, please talk to me about it because I want to understand it very badly. Guy says he can enter wormholes and literally make it rain, which, hmm. And um, What does it mean? Well, I read the article a couple times. I'm still not sure. <laughs> you just repeat the same line over and over. Like <laughs> no. Two pages. All right. It was in the late 1990s that this guy realized it was possible to incrementally influence weather patterns using a variant of the Einstein-Rosenbridge hypothesized in the 1930s, which is the uh, create a bridge between the present in the physical space-time continuum and a near-future event, which is a wormhole oh. forecast to exist from one to ten days ahead in time. So this guy is proposing that because he understands space travel, he can predict, he can <laughs> affect the weather in the future. Okay. Yeah, that's, I just don't believe it. I that's mean, what this news article says. Is popular, is popular mechanics fake news? I think so. What's weird is that this guy seems... Can someone fact check, please? It's also like Australian. He's Australian. They're upside down. They don't know anything. Yeah, I, I have to say I am a little uh, a little Australian phobic. I don't necessarily believe them as quickly I would as I would believe other things. It's about uh, cloud seeding, which is one of my favorite uh, unhelpful controversies, mm. and um, also wormholes. I just had to put it all together because it's so crazy. It's very crazy. Yeah. Somewhat scientific, but it's meaningless. So, sorry. <laughs> Much like so many other things. I know. Theoretical scientists have speculated about warping space-time. Oh, but many believe it would approximately take all the energy within the known universe to do so. Ugh. So that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry. Or maybe it will. I don't know. I feel like I'm always like walking a fine line between... I think so many people believe in these things, and then I don't want to offend them. Yeah. I don't believe are so paramount. I really like the phrase organizing principle, better than belief because beliefs are so uh. so unmanageable they're unmovable you know yeah i don't i don't know it seems like people have been trying to come up with ways to make rain happen on purpose for a long time yeah and people feel pretty serious about it because of droughts right um 
what do you think are the possibilities that we would ever be able to like come up with technology? People think that they are already technology. Well, sure, they could be like a giant shower head, you know. So it's like a oh, dam, but yeah. yeah, it's like a construction. I mean, I can imagine it a mechanical version, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Not an expert. I feel out of my depth. Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'll I'll keep up on the wormhole technology and how it's affecting things, uh, and I'll I'll keep us posted. Yeah, I feel more comfortable talking about tangible objects. I think and um, and helpful tangible yeah. objects. Um, so just before I move on to a few terrible ones that I guess instagram suggested i click on and i did um there's another unhelpful one i was you know because i'm in a foreign country and whenever i'm not actively trying to sleep with someone or you know meet new friends i feel quite alone (laughs) so the other day i was feeling really alone and then and lonely and then the talk space ad came up and there was a girl there with a coffee staring at it despondently and of course, I've also been drinking a lot of coffee because that's what people do here. They just sit in cafes and drink many cappuccinos. And then heard the caption read, I feel so alone. And, mm. you know, join one million talk space users <laughs> <laughs> who are so alone. Anyway, I found that I really didn't want to click on it. And usually, you know, the algorithm really gets me. And this time it really got my feeling, but it just gave me the most unappealing ad you didn't want to enter the talk space no no not not at all and there's just something about joining the one million talk space users like it made me feel right. even more alone <laughs> they were like come we are we are all alone yeah swipe left to talk about it Ugh. come join us join the millions of us who are now alone and imagine if there was artificial skin that was I, I was touching at that moment. The phone was, and it would like vibrate lovingly. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, you're not alone. I'm here in your hand. <laughs> yeah, if it could also ask really good questions or, you know, respond adequately. With like Morse code, you know, which is kind of like oh beat it i love it like a heart yeah what if it had a heartbeat it could and it would quicken when you squeeze it whoa uh, i think you need to make a sculpture maybe like, that sounds maybe okay that's what i'm gonna do oh maybe yeah i think it's good i think that um something happens when people get into depression when it's hard to imagine that you are ever gonna not be in the state that you're in. I think Mm. that's like a tendency people have when they are truly depressed. So I think that I'm down with talk space and these kinds of things because they, because I think that for people who are dealing with depression or isolation is a big part of it and self-isolation is a big part of it. So, and, and like you instinctively know in some way that like you're supposed, you need to connect even though your depressed brain doesn't believe in it anymore. Mm. So this is an easy way to step out of that, even like a tiny step. And That's then, true, if, yeah. You know, and I imagine like a very depressed person. Just a swipe, actually, right, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy. And there's a sense of, you know, possib- even a little bit of a sense of possibility can go a long way for somebody in that state. And I don't know, any of us, like when we feel really sad, I think it's just like a tiny step in any direction. And some people don't have a nice friend that they can talk to or you know, whatever. So it's like, I think it's good. I think be, like as a bridge, as a wormhole to another state where they will be connected with other people. Um, okay, I think yeah. that's like 
what it is, you know? All right, that's fine then. <laughs> it's fine, it's okay. It's good. I mean, it, maybe it's not it's not great for you because, you know, because you're not in exactly the same state. Like No, no. And then exactly, and I think that's exactly what I didn't need. I think I was just, when I feel that way, it's just sort of, you know, I just want, I just, I'm decidedly for a real human, you know? Right, and not right. For, for simulation, so. Yeah. For me, I think it depends on why the loneliness is there, but... Yeah. I think at the same time, here we are talking and it does feel, I, I do feel your human presence, even though we're many, right? many miles apart. I know. Isn't that unbelievable? It is kind of wonderful. Yeah. Okay, some technology can continue existing. Oh, all right, good. But not not if it's a pair of oversized leaf scoops for your hands <laughs> that look like hands and they're giant. Yeah, those are good. And... Okay, maybe they can exist too, actually. Maybe they are helpful. So this is a... Uh, I'm not going to buy them, but... They're exciting to look at. Yeah, they look like Hulk hands. <laughs> they do. They yeah. look bright and green. Like, you can get these Hulk hands. Yeah. And you can put them on your hands. Right. And you can gather leaves with them. But just the whole composition, this is this image that promotes, you know, the purchase of these objects. It's like, there's a perfectly green lawn and then this brown bin and with a pile of brown leaves next yeah. to it and a man in a brown checkered shirt right. just leaning over grasping those leaves with his plastic hands yeah this is like the thing that that i don't understand as a new she yorker could where, use a shovel but yeah okay. where everyone's very oppressed by leaves all of a sudden and i'm sorry if you are but i it seems nice like what what's i love leaves having... they're beautiful they're romantic to step through they make such a beautiful rustle <sighs> I mean, this so may poetic. Yeah, I guess I guess you have to keep them together if you live in a suburb, and you have to like have a nice lawn. No, I think you that's don't. Like, yeah, I don't the know. The aesthetics are all wrong. Strange the oppression. I I once had a wonderful time when I was like in college, where my friend and I overnight were just like we were hanging out, and then we stayed out all night and in the early morning we were in these bright orange leaves just like rolling around and laughing and having so much fun mm. and because like in the north as opposed to where I was from they have these big orange leaves and they're on the ground you know it's like really really fun and beautiful so fun. I think yeah. that's, I love I love that time um when I you know when I was little and lived in Belarus and my birthday happens around um September well it happens in September actually <laughs> And so mm -hmm. before, you know, um, climate change, climate heating really, you know, came upon us. It was still, it was it was sort of the beginning of fall. So it was like a, a very orange, yellow leaf time and they were all were on the ground. And I think people in former Soviet Union just weren't as interested in cleaning them so much. And so I really yeah. enjoyed walking through them. So it just feels like a celebratory birthday activity for me. I would also, yeah. there's a, so... Along with suggestions of these objects that we should buy, there's usually something that's called promising review. Oh, yes. And um, it's really great. So this person says that they're very excited about these objects because, you know, they turn this awful daunting chore into a much easier one. Not to mention we spend literally less than half of the time that we normally have spent gathering up all these <laughs> leaves and acorns. Oh. Uh, oh, I wish the they continue, continue gathering leaves and acorns. And, yeah, the oppressive acorn gathering. <laughs> Oi, I roll. Said the squirrel. No. I'm, I'm yeah, exactly. I can't do it. That's the stuff. The stuff of life. Yeah, they should have them for squirrels as well. 
<laughs> Giant Squirrel queen promising hand. a review from Squirrel. 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 <laughs> Um, there's Thank also, God, I can work on my blog now. Yeah. So the leaf thing continues um, to the back butler, which can help oh, yeah. you, which can help you, you know, fill up a 30, 42 gallon bag with leaves without bending or holding the bag, which just seems insane. Like, do away with bending. Just like be stiff. <laughs> just stay, stay calm. Be straight. So wait, this this bag butler is just like a, a piece of plastic that you yes. put into a bag. And I would just like, and you were supposed to buy. It. I would just like to point out that if you needed something like that, you could take a piece of cardboard from like an old box or you know a mm-hmm. lid, and you could just repurpose something. And I guess I'm just shocked at the fact that this is this exists. It's basically yeah. it's like a, basically a sheet of plastic that has two bends yeah. in it it's like a giant shovel kind of and right. the idea is that you put the bag on it and do something with it like kick the leaves into it you know it keeps the bag op- propped open it props the bag open yeah it's no longer a two-person job oh, okay oh so it's, it promotes loneliness it oh, does and efficiency terrible. so so you needn't you needn't trouble yourself with your acorn gathering alone oh, yeah. you can now like you know, endure the challenge of the fall activity by uh, having this bag butler. They could also just use a big trash can or something that they can reuse. I, don't know. Just I like your the whole thing is upsetting. Um, I want to know if there's a battle between all of the invent the fall leaf oppression inventions. Like if they hate each other and <laughs> you know, they could collaborate and make the ultimate one. Yeah, that's a good idea. Something that's, that's, that's very Hulk, Soviet. Hulk hands and yeah. props the trash can open. It also <laughs> keeps you upright. Oh, man. So you don't bend. We should do a video where we try them all out and then just end up falling down because there's too many leaves. <laughs> We're just going to get into awesome. the bag with all the leaves. Actually, I'm just going to get into the bag and then leave the the leaves outside and crawl away. <laughs> My brother used to f- go into the forest and fall asleep under the leaves so that he didn't have to go to school. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Just putting that out there. Okay, so hide if you don't want to go to work. Leave the leaves alone and then get under them. <laughs> Actually, don't leave them alone. Join yeah. them. Join the leaves. Join them. <laughs> Become an acorn yourself. An acorn of procrastination. <laughs> oh my god, that's me. <laughs> Just wait. That's me in Athens and Los Angeles where I remain a vague acorn. <laughs> Waiting for the future. Does water, is there that proverb in English, like how water doesn't run under a standing rock or something? There's one in Russian. Oh, no. What? There's something like water will not come under a stand. I'm not really sure. Probably not saying ah, it right. Not like the rock I can know, walk I- to it. But anyway, yeah. You mean, wait, so that it means that, that a new opportunity won't come to something that is stuck in its ways kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, 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 uh, I guess so, yeah. But then how would God. rock move? I don't know. Well, that idiom doesn't really, is that an idiom? That idiom doesn't really understand that, like, the, the whole thing about how erosion happens with water, so. <laughs> For reals. They don't get it. But I'm an asshole because I'm trying to like tell an idiom it's wrong. See, that's, also, that's, probably I don't remember it correctly. It's probably like a sleeping body yeah. or something. Like the water will not come under. Actually, that doesn't make any sense either. No, that's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm so sad that I didn't grow up in lots of different cultures so that I know all these wonderful idioms. And so they blend together into a cocktail of unintelligible yeah. <laughs> nonsense. Well, sure. yeah, usually I will remember half of them from one of my friends who, you know, is from a different land. And then I'll try to retell it to someone who speaks English and they, I won't sell it right. Uh, the frog in the well one, my friend who's Taiwanese told me it. It's pretty good. Oh, see, look, here it is. It's where I try to retell it and I don't remember. Um, well, it's just basically about like someone, a fro- if a frog grew up in a well and not like in a large pond, whatever they is in the well, they think they're the king of that well. But if they've never seen outside of the pond, then they don't understand that they're just a frog in a well oh, and they yeah. don't want to leave. And they don't want to leave their well. Like if you, it's like it's like a big big fish in a small pond kind of scenario. Sure. But yeah, I was talking to him. And Nothing I was wrong just with like, staying in the well, by the way. If you're listening. Frog. Oh yeah, sure. Stay stay in the well. But uh, yeah. But he was just like, oh yeah, frog in a well. And I was like, what? What do you mean? It was just like that. It was like water in the rock, and it goes underneath. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the same. It's all the same tale. We told. Yeah. Um, okay. I love that. Is help? Those are helpful. Those are helpful. Sure, sure. If you want to move out of the wall. Um, okay. Or what like, do you think? What do you think about the eyeliner stamp? Because you've been uh, spending too much time trying to get the perfect wing. Okay. Uh, I feel. I feel things about this. I okay. I don't believe in buying shit. Okay. Period. So, and I just went through. I got some money, but I went through a very poor period, which is good, helpful thing for me to be more careful about my money. Mm-hmm. So now I look at these objects and I think they're stupid and people just like to buy things to make themselves feel better. Yeah. Which I respect that that's a real thing. No shame on it. Like some people have real problems with it and some people are just like, yeah, I'll buy that thing. And then the, you do feel better for about four minutes. Okay, yeah. great. So all of this is part of that which Mm -hmm. sucks. So that's my first impression. My second impression is that I really like working on makeup, like ideas or like new makeup concepts, just as like a fun thing that I like to do. It is fun. So having it be more efficient is dumb from that perspective, because like working on that stuff is something I truly enjoy and doing it wrong is fun and doing it well is fun and like figuring it out is good. So I like the problem. So thank you for the question because that's a fun answer for me to have. And then the other thing is that, yeah, if you're going to stamp your eyeliner on your eye, it seems like it could have as much difficulty as it would have solution, Mm. you know? Yeah. And then the other thing is that I've actually like studied this, this eye makeup thing before. I think most of us have, right? It's good. I'm glad it's stuck around too Mm. because I think it looks good on most people and Everybody has to have a slightly different shape for their wing on their eyeliner if they're going to make one, you know, hmm. like it's not it's not standardized. So that being standardized, it, it doesn't I don't think it's going to make everybody look good. It's going to make people look the same. I think. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't like the idea of everyone having exactly the same triangle in the corners of their eyes. Yeah. Do you feel oppressed by the need to put makeup on and that you need to do it really fast? No, I think I do it really fast, so I don't feel You already do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am a master of of putting makeup on in different situations. Like, I make up on in really bumpy situations. Nice. (laughs) And I, yeah, I'm really good at it. And I'm, like, proud of it, and I want people to see. I will, I've, like, put eyeliner on on the train 
on a really bumpy moment and people will look at me like, what the fuck? Nice. Like she's going to poke her eye out. But I very confidently put it on like right in front of them. Like, nope, not going to happen. Like I used to ride to high school in a really bumpy Volkswagen bug <laughs> with like holes in the floor and put my eye makeup on and nothing ever happened. So, okay. Then you don't need it. Yeah. That's my cowboy way. I love it. So fuck that. No, that's awesome. Okay. So then moving on to the other stupid invention, um, this is, this is light dimming sheets that you can stick a, a very bright alarm clock and be upset. Um, I would say that this is really stupid because why don't you just like turn the clock away and put a pillow over it? Wait, tell me what it is. I don't understand. Oh, sorry. The light dimming sheets, you're supposed to stick them on the face of your bright electronic alarm clock. Oh, I thought you meant like bed sheets. That's what I thought too. And then it was like bizarre. So they want to like somehow absorb the light from the alarm clock. But then I realized that it's, you know, and then I was excited for a second because I thought it was like so, so strange and interesting. LCD sheets, like bed sheets. Yeah. Like it just eats the light. (laughs) It's like a black hole. Uh Yeah. (laughs) But no, but no, it's just like a silly thing. It's like a sticker for your alarm clock. Um, So yeah, I think if you're considering buying that, just turn the alarm clock to the wall. Yeah. Seriously. When I was first moved to New York, I was like working for different people's friends that already lived here, like people from Houston's friends. And I worked for this um, woman who's really cool. And she is involved in inventions. She like runs one of these companies that buys people's inventions. Mm -hmm. So I went to, I was like her assistant once and we went to a convention of new and weird like funny inventions and I got to interact with all these inventors and they are like a particular type of people. They're Mm. very strange. And one of the people that I met was so bitter because they invented the ceramic paper cup and their design had gotten stolen by somebody else in China. Like Chinese people are, are like Chinese business people in this realm are very, very good. And like, very ambitious and will like produce like someone's I, I according to this person someone's I, idea will be out there and then it will be produced because they like had one conversation the cost of production is cheaper and so it's easier That's for right. people to just get things yeah going. and they're yeah. and they're just like better at this this market you know they're yeah. just like okay we're that's a great idea doing it we did it already we yeah. made the money so this person was so upset about that instead of doing like a trial paper cup out of a ceramic paper cup or like you know doing tests on people yeah how they like it. You know, they just went ahead and did it. So sorry. Totally. So anyway, uh, I'm just like thinking about these people. I'm like, oh, these are these inventor types who are just like so cute. And Inventing away. They yeah. love their ideas. There's this sense that like they just love ideas and they think that every product sure. is going to make life better. And obviously yeah. it's like, no, it's not that great. No, it's not. What do you think about the, okay, moving on. <laughs> I've collected many. So how about the seasickness wristband that you can finally be better at existing out on the ocean? You can go deep sea fishing, sail off the coast of Greece. That's me. Um, without throwing up every time. And so mm-hmm. what they present to us is a wristband. Um, you know, it's woven, maybe knitted. In the middle of it, there's a button that I think exudes exerts a certain acupressure which i don't believe in mm. anyway so apparently that's going to stop you from throwing up i just think it looks ridiculous and it's ugly and <laughs> i think it's a lie and 
yeah, I just don't believe it. I think it's unhelpful. It's unhelpful. It's fake news. And what do you think? I agree. And I can't stop thinking about wormholes. So <laughs> that's my response. Take the wristband there with you. Okay. Yeah. I want to know if the wristband helps get into the wormhole. That's that's my question. Also, someone watched my story, one of my Instagram stories the other day. And it was um, someone with the name Blue Light Diet. Oh. And he... The Instagram had quite quite a description. It said, artificial light causes many hidden health problems. Discover if fake light is making you fat or sick. Oh. Take this free blue light toxicity test now. Shit. Hmm. I don't even know. It's so bizarre. I just took a screenshot of it because it's so strange. Well, so you are not affected by light. I'm, I'm thinking. Of course I'm affected by that. But like hidden health problems, it makes you fat or sick. Also fat or sick. Like what does yeah. it mean? It's so rude. Yeah. It's just bizarre. It had a big, and it used a big blue dot emoji. <laughs> <laughs> so am I going to eat that blue no light? Because it's the blue light diet. I'm just yeah. going to. I just, this is just, yeah. just to remind people like not, just don't, don't believe believe these things that, that follow you on instagram they're ridiculous yeah yes and don't take the blue light toxicity test please oh my gosh we gave them free advertising but hopefully can you just report that account everyone that listens go go to the blue light diet and cancel yeah it, cancel it i mean it it kind of this seems like problematic and weird I don't know. It's not problematic, but it's just not real. But bright light sucks. And I do spend a lot of time in a school that has very intense fluorescent lighting and it makes me crazy. So lighting is important. And I think that it should be considered in the future. But like, I don't know that it's going to make you sick. And I certainly don't think it's going to affect your health at all. And yeah. I think light based body shaming is not my favorite thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, I really hate the light based body shaming it's really <laughs> awful calm down and guy. i hate yeah. also like another thing i really don't like is grammarly's ad oh yeah this this is very interesting that's I like so this. mean stupid and unhelpful yeah have you ever pressed send on an email and realized it may have sounded a bit too aggressive or maybe you've struggled <laughs> to strike a tone that's friendly but not informal Grammarly's new tone detector can help. Grammarly <laughs> can help you identify the tone of your message before you hit send. Excellent. <laughs> Capital send. And then it just and then it like provides a useful a preview of what will happen. You know, I guess once you paste in your poor email, and then it will it will <laughs> deliver the verdict, which will come with an emoji, and you know, and it will like have like the handshake emoji is confident, so. And then the optimistic, and then it will mm. like also provide a bar of like how much optimism, like four squares out of five confident, but two squares out of five optimistic. Yes. Amazing. Isn't it just sickening? I mean, I have issues with this. So I... Should we not be thinking of the tone? Should we not trust ourselves? Should we not I don't. speak to a friend and ask how it sounds? Can we really rely on Grammarly? Yeah, that's where they got it from. They're always and like feed feed their AI with more content so that it can take over and tell us all how to think. No. Yeah, you're so mad at it. Um, well, what a great way to make a friend at a job. You know, even if you're 
in new at that place, you can be like, can you read this email and tell me what the te- the tone is? But do people still do that? I mean, I definitely have done that. And I've absolutely read other people's things to like assess them. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love having that role in people's lives, and I yeah, love I send things to you there. sometimes, and, and yeah, like their other friends definitely, yeah, for sure, sure. Yeah. And I think that there's just like it's usually when you're first like new to a place or you're in a challenging situation that you need a reflection on how it sounds. Yeah. But eventually, everybody kind of figures it out from being in a place and receiving and sending emails. You know, yeah. um, I had an alarming realization though because I'm an intern and a new company that I've never worked for before. And it's like tangentially related to other things that I've done in mm-hmm. a couple ways. So when I send emails and I don't want to freaking send an email, but it's like, it's true. Every culture has a slightly different way of being. And then, you know, things change over time. But I had this sense after I sent a couple of emails, I was like, Oh my God, I'm not conscious of the tone of my emails. Am mm-hmm. I, I'm just like going on autopilot. Yeah. I'm not thinking of this culture and how it's hitting them. I need to really like kind of calm down and, not be so reactive and just like kind of be careful with my responses to these emails and be more strategic about how I'm talking to people because I don't know okay, them and they yeah. don't know know me. So it's true. I think that like I can imagine a person who's new to a company or sometimes some cult- cultures are very toxic and they're pretty mean about this right, stuff. Right, but Grammarly doesn't know what the, you know, what the yeah, right atmosphere, like, you know, maybe you need to be writing toxic emails constantly, you know, because <laughs> you have, like, a toxic atmosphere at your job, you know, and, like, that's the tone. How effectively toxic is this email? You know, like, how, just how toxic, although maybe it can tell. <laughs> also, I just don't believe that it will strike the right tone. I simply do not believe yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. You're I right. tested it and it was not, I felt like it didn't know, so. yeah. Did it tell you if you were optimistic? Oh, it's interesting that it also says that you need to sound optimistic. Yes. Isn't that strange? It's wrong. Yeah. I think I think it's another sort of way to to wedge a distancing wedge between humans. It's, we're relinquishing agency here. I'm holding on to it. Yeah. And like I think that it relates to some of the stuff we were saying. Uh, before about products and about advertisement is that their job is to make you feel insecure so that you you, that insecurity will be mediated by their product like that's part of the whole thing of what advertising is right (laughs) so what they're doing is hilariously making us feel insecure about stuff that we don't necessarily care to feel insecure about like our leaf time yeah exactly such a good point. Yeah, or our eye makeup time. I refuse to be insecure about that. Yeah. I refuse to be insecure about my clock. Brightness. Basically, yeah, embrace yourself. Isn't that strange? We really live in this interesting moment where on one hand you're told just be yourself. But be yeah. yourself with some help so you can just be yourself a little better self for yourself. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, just the, the mass indie, mass in, individualized individualized self that's used as a selling point. Well, um, as a way to bookend the octopus, would you like to report on the blog? Oh, yes, with I many would. Sexes? I, I would, yes. No. I invite you. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, the, the Paris Zoo recently unveiled um, something called the blob, uh, which is an organism with no brain, but 720 sexes. <laughs> so exciting. So it's this new organism and it's a yellowish small being that looks like a fungus and yet acts like an animal. Again, it's like a description of me. <laughs> <No>. um, 
<laughs> no, actually, I don't look like a fungus at all. Sorry, but <laughs> I have been acting like an animal. Um, partially because I don't know what's going on. I'm like in a foreign culture and I don't understand what anyone is saying. So I think I'm just, you know, relying yeah. on instinct. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of a yellow, yellow souled. Yeah, I'm kind yeah. of a white, yellowish uh, being. Yeah. Um, so it has yeah. no mouth, no stomach, no eyes, but it can detect food and digest it and has almost <laughs> 720 sexes, which I also don't understand because. Like no. 719 and a half. It can move yeah. without legs and wings and heals itself in two minutes if cut in half. Wow. And it belongs to Nature's Mysteries, said Bruno David. Respect. It's exciting. Yeah. It has no brain, but is able to learn. And if you merge two blobs, the one that has learned will transmit its knowledge to the other. Well, it's making me feel so jealous. I know, I know. And this, I wonder what it can do with this, with its 720 sexes as well. I know. Because it heals itself. <laughs> it heals itself. Can it have yeah. what it, can it have sex with the other one that has some, can, like all the sexes can, it have can sex, sex with, with each like, other? Can 400 of them have sex with 200 of them? <laughs> it's like 1,400 sex, sexes yes. that happen. Like probably God. under one second or something. Yeah, can we make a porno about it? <laughs> <laughs> like an Isabella Rossellini porno. But I also think I feel like it kind of looks like that, um, like the the artificial skin case. You know, it does. I imagine that it looks like that. And maybe, oh my God, maybe they can combine them. Maybe the blob can be the the artificial phone case. And it can yeah, have a hundred twenty six. That's better. With, with your hand. Yeah, um, Jenny, what are you doing over there? Nothing. <laughs> with your phone case. And it's, alive. Good, it's, my, it's alive. It's not my phone. It's my favorite thing in the world. It's my best friend. My blob. That's my blob. My blob. <laughs> and and so appropriately, just incredibly appropriately, um, as we're nearing Halloween, which no one celebrates here. I haven't seen any pumpkins in Athens. But the blob was named after that great sci-fi fiction horror, which we watched together, didn't we? The blob? Yes, we did. Which consumes everything in its path. Yes. Yeah, and it's got one of the best theme songs ever. It's, it's wonderful. really good. Creeps. Do you want to, it's can like, you sing it? It slides sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a good song. Beautiful song. <sighs> Steve McQueen was in that movie? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. Is there anything? Is he canceled? He's very handsome. If he's still alive, yeah. Uh, no, I don't okay. think so. Okay. So he wasn't yeah. toxic. He just died. Yeah, Steve McQueen. All right. Well, I think I need the blob. I need uh, contact with that phone case. Sorry, I don't think I'll spend much money on that, but I do. I might would purchase that. You want to touch it? I okay. need the uh, more octopus time between me and octopus, and just intellectually working on octopi and. Well, on ecstasy or no? On ecstasy, yeah, absolutely. Do you think the blob feels like it's on ecstasy all the time? It is. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't you be if you had that yeah. many sexes? <laughs> um, I would. I would for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shall we blob away? We shall roll off the table. <sighs> you gonna sing sing the blob song as we away? <laughs> I don't know all the words. Just start somewhere. Yeah, it creeps. It bleeps, <laughs> it corps, it, it borps across the wall, it snurps, it glurps, it porps. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.